The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Cowboys Storylines with Nick Eatman. What is up? It is time for Cowboys Storyline. It is Tuesday, October 31st. Happy Halloween, everyone. I am Nick Eatman here. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys football. We can talk about the NFL, the league, the best teams in the NFC, AFC, where the Cowboys stand and all of that. This is the day we see a lot of power rankings are, are coming out. We have an article on the side on that. And I imagine the Cowboys move up a little bit after that win and some other teams falling down. But um Let's. I want to hear from you guys. I'm going to hear anything you guys want to talk about. And if you want to do Halloween themed stuff, I, I just um, tweet it out too. Let, let's. Uh, that's a challenge that I have for you guys today. The callers or text lines. I want to hear some some cowboy names, some cowboy themes from Halloween. I, I, I mean, I'm talking cheesy level here. All right, let's go. I mean, it's, it's nacho cheese level here. Like like Count Dacula. Put that out there. Demarcus, Werewolf, Brandon, Halloween. That's what I'm talking about. Like, like very, very cheesy level here. I want to see it on the text line. You guys can call in. Uh, let's have a, a Halloween edition. Make sure nobody pops out and scares anyone here uh, on, on the show. Uh, I've already checked. Make sure that it happened. We're not doing any of that crap today. Uh, all right. Let's go. Let's get right to the uh, callers. We got two on the line. I, I have a feeling we're going to have a few more today. So let's start it off. Travis in San Antonio, what do you got on your mind? What's up? What's going on, Nick? Happy Victory Tuesday since I didn't call in yesterday. There you go. There you go. We, we can go all week long with the victories. That's fine. There you go. Um, I just wanted to call. I know last week um, I didn't call. I, well, I didn't call much last week, but I know there was some talk about, um, you know, where's Mozzie at? What's he doing? Um and I know not everyone, not everyone like has a tape, but I do think you know Brian Ross encourages everyone to get that uh, all twenty-two, and it, mm-hmm. it is helpful mm-hmm. if you're trying to find a specific person like that because it's hard to see during a game. So right. I understand it, but if you go back and watch, even after the uh, even after the Chargers game, you know people were like people were saying, hey, you know Marquise Bell's been flashing. He was flashing last game, and we always talk about how the D line always helps your uh, your DBs. Well, that D line also helps your linebackers. So I've said that I was the guy that called him like four weeks ago and said, "Just give Mozzie time. Just give him time, mm-hmm. and he'll start playing well." And uh, I heard uh, Hankins last night on the Cowboys Hour say that his hand usage is better. He's getting off the ball. Um, you know, he's doing his job to allow the snaps that he's in there. I think he's been there like 18 snaps. Right. He's doing his job to allow them to flow and and make plays behind the ball. So I, I just keep. I'm going to keep saying, just kind of, you know, yeah. let's be patient with Mozzie and let him let him do his thing. And then my question for you is, I was thinking about uh, next week going forward. I'm kind of curious how Dan's going to play it because um, we know that they've got two studs in um, uh, Devontae and um, A.J. Brown. And uh-huh. I'm kind of curious. My first thought was I would put uh, Bland on Devontae, actually, and put Gilmore on uh, A.J. just because it's, it's, you know, he's a bigger receiver and maybe Gilmore can get his hands on him a little bit. But then I thought about it, and A.J. Brown also has speed. So I'm just kind of curious what you think. And yeah. maybe they'll mix it up, too, to keep them guessing. Yeah. But that was just my first thought as far think, as the matchups go. All right. Have a great week. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Travis. I think with that, I think, you know, me personally, because I don't see a huge difference 
in Gilmore and Bland, other than obviously your interception returns. But I mean, they're, they're both they both can cover. They both make plays. Um, they both can get interceptions. And AJ Brown is better than Devontae Smith, but not to the point where it's like that much different. They're both going to be challenging. So I I could see where every once in a while you mix things up just to keep them honest, but. I bet you with with this, you just play sides. I don't think the Cowboys have one corner, you know, appreciably better than the other, and the Eagles don't have one receiver way much better than the other receiver. So, I could see them probably just playing it straight up and and um, whatever you know sides that they're on, and that'll help too with with the other the other coverages of what they're they're trying to do. So, yeah, I think you mix it up every now and again, but but not to the point where you have to you know change things. Um, terribly because the Eagles have two guys that, that can hurt you uh, for sure. All right. And the Mozzie Smith. Yeah. I mean, Mozzie's getting better. And one thing that, that I keep wanting to remember, one of you guys to remember is that, you know, Neville Gallimore, Osa Odigizua, this is their third year, fourth year for Gallimore, third for Osa. I mean, these guys have been around too and, and they, they're, they're, they're working on contracts themselves. And so it's not easy for Mozzie to get in the game. I mean, it's just not. I think the Cowboys thought that he would be that much better than them, but but that's not the case right now. So I credit the Cowboys for playing the guys that that help them win the most. Now Mozzie's getting some turns. He you know, games like the other day where he's he gets a lot more reps, that's good. But I mean he's still got a ways to go and, and I think I don't think the Cowboys are, are, are hitting the panic button by any means on on him. All right, Michael in California. Michael, what's up? What's going on, Nick? It's your, it's your uh, boy, Michael, your favorite caller down in Poaching, California. I just want to say shout-out to the whole Cowboys Nation. All right. Uh, and, and thank you very much for having me on. But uh, I just want to say I, I, I don't fear the Eagles at all. You know, I think we got them this week. I'm not trying to be a homer or anything. But, but uh, you know, when it, when it comes to division rivals, you know how it goes. Some, sometimes one thing could be good, one thing could be bad. But still, you know, we, we break even, and I, I think we got the Eagles this weekend. All right. I just want to. I just want to say, I, ho- I hope the Joneses uh, uh, make a move today, and uh, you know, talent acquisition, like they say, is three sixty five. You know, so I'm gonna leave it at that, and and God bless you all, and have a good day. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you. Um, typically, somebody throws a vague thing out there like that, I would say, whoa, 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 what you know. What move do you want to make? What position would you like to make? But today, I'm ready for the trade deadline to be over. Being to either make one or not. You know what I mean? I mean, get off the pot. That's basically the way I think about it because there's been so much talk about it. I don't have to ask Michael in California what position he wants. He's going to tell me. Running back, linebacker, corner, some O-line depth, maybe a receiver. I get it. I get it. And uh, not sure they're going to do anything. Jerry Jones said on his radio show this morning that at this point, it's kind of tough to do. Not not so much executing the trade, but if you are to bring in a player, you probably have to rework his contract. And that doesn't that's not always easy to do and under, under the, the, the time frame. There. Because the reason why most people are going to trade him is because of contract. So... You, you you need to work it a little bit at this point in the season to get it under the cap. So, you know, I'm not saying nothing can ha- you know can't happen. They can move quickly if they need to, but 
this point, it doesn't seem likely that we got players coming in. Uh, don't rule out a player going out, though. I mean, I, I again, I'm not trying to imply or I don't know anything, but I think that is the better scenario of the two of the Cowboys looking to add picks and and maybe trading depth at certain positions if they, they feel like they, they've got some. All right, um, getting some text line questions in on my uh, Halloween-themed stuff. This didn't ask for a poem, but we got one uh, from Dan in Philly. He's going to have a big week here uh, with being a Cowboy fan. He says, trick or treat, smell his cleat, Micah Parsons gonna eat. Like it, like it, all right. And then another 520 number just said, Randy the Manster White. I mean, yeah, that perfect. I mean, that was a that, he was a Halloween themed scary project for every time he lined up. So perfect, love it. All right, uh, Ryan in Michigan. Who is the scariest player that you have met? If you had to ghost one player on social media because of their performance, who would it be? Um, oh, let me go with the scariest cowboy player you ever met. I mean, I, 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 I guarantee you, and I haven't talked about this, I could pipe Chris Beam up right now, and I know exactly the player he is going to say, because he was with me in the last 20 years, and he knows exactly who I'm talking about as the scariest human being the Cowboys have ever had. Chris, are you even there? Yes, I'm here. It's All Alonzo right. Spelman. Alonzo Spelman. I mean, there's I mean no, it's easy. It's easy. I mean, I hear the phones ringing in the back, so Alonzo Spelman uh, – is, is the scariest person I've ever met uh, for the Cowboys. I mean, he had these eyes. It could just like, I mean, just, oh, my goodness. Um, and a huge, huge human being. So, um, and we both saw it. Chris and I both saw this guy sitting in his seat in the in the airplane on the aisle. It's funnier if you said it was the, it was the window, but it was, it was the aisle. This guy opened the door. I mean, opened the overhead Opened it up, moved the thing up, got his bag, put it in there, reached up, shut it, and never got out of his seat. True story. This guy was a massive, massive human being. And, uh, and you know, at that point in his career, he was going through some things off, off the field a little bit and wasn't, wasn't always 100% just focused. Um, I think he was diagnosed as bipolar. So, he, you know, he was, he, he was going through some things, but, you know he was a big player, big human being, and he was and he when he was ready to play. I mean he he was a difference maker there. But um, but yeah, he by far the scariest human being I've ever looked at. Um, and they've had some others like that too, but I give him the 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 winner there. All right, let's go to the, the phone line, Ronnie in New Jersey. Ronnie, what's up? Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, Nick. Good morning. Morning. Um, that's actually uh, the first name when you were saying, of mentioning the the first name that came into my mind. It was Alonzo Spell, Spellman because I remember him. Uh, he came from the Bears, right? Right. I mean, he used to be a Bears defensive tackle. Yeah, he was a scary looking dude. Yeah. Um, so uh, that you know, you kind of answered my question because I was going to ask you what were we going to get this Halloween? Were we going to get any uh, a trick or a treat? <laughs> but I, I think with uh, with what you just said about they're not looking into a trade. Uh, that kind of answered my question. Uh, I was hoping we would have uh, tried to uh, try to get uh, Henry from from the Titans. I know you can't say no names, but I think we need that power running back. 
uh, that will give us a better chance, especially for these games that are coming up. That it's kind of playoff football. Playoff football starting early for us because all these teams that we're going to play, Detroit. These are these are tough teams. Uh, yeah, and we need something like that. But uh, it, it'll be disappointing if if we don't get someone like him. And that yesterday you mentioned about uh, the guy that was a, a free agent. He already got picked up. It's yeah. Like as soon as they heard you mention it, I know <laughs> <laughs> they picked him up and put him on the practice squad. Yeah. But, Talk about uh, Leonard Fournette who went to the yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That that was disappointing. Also, that we didn't try to at least put him on our practice squad. So uh, I just wanted to ask you uh, with. Uh, the line with uh, Tyron Smith getting getting waking up with an injury basically because uh, the guy gets up and gets injured. Um, what are we looking at uh, at left tackle? Is, is uh, this guy going to be ready to play uh, that he got hurt in this game, or are we going to have to put out the the rookie out there? Yeah. Well, all right. Thanks for the call, uh, Ronnie. Um, I th- I think that Tyron Smith is probably going to be close to to being ready to playing this game. Um, that's what one thing Jerry Jones alluded to this morning on his radio show on 105.3 The Fan. Um, Chuma Idoga is not going to be a long-term thing um, at all. It's just a low ankle sprain. So, um, you know, I, I do think Awesome Richards factors in here one way or another um, as your third left tackle option uh, with Tyron Smith and then Chuma Idoga. And then, and then Awesome Richards. And because these guys, we're not talking about long-term issues here that's going to keep Tyler Smith at, at left guard you start making some long-term moves here maybe maybe you you decide to, to slide him out but I think right now I think they feel like Chuma Idoga's best position is left tackle and so and I don't know if they think that way about Tyler Smith on a long term but they really don't want to move him within the season um and and, and remember this is a different offensive line coach than, than we saw last year. So last year, you know, maybe it was a situation where they, they were okay doing that, and Tyler Smith, has, even as a rookie, was able to do it. But for some reason, that does not seem to be an option that they want to look at this year. Um, I did ask someone close to the front office just Sunday, where do you see Tyler Smith's position next year? And they said left tackle. So um, a little surprising well, that's not surprising. I know that's what they think. For me, I, I think I would keep him at left guard. But I, as I said all along, I want to see Tyler Smith at his very best position. That's the one he should be at. I don't discount that if it's guard. I don't discount putting him there at guard. You drafted him 24th overall. If you got an all-pro guard you know, throughout his career, perfect. Um, if you need to play him at left tackle because he's better there, then I'm fine with that too. Once you know Tyron moves on and uh, retires, which you know is probably going to happen here at some point. Uh, uh, with, you know, obviously he's at the down year of his um, his career. All right, let's go to the next caller, Derek in Springfield, uh, Missouri. Hey Nick, how's it going? What's up, man? How are you? Oh, pretty good. First time caller, actually. Uh, I tweeted you just a little bit ago because I forgot the call-in number. So oh. Disregard the tweet. Uh, I just went back to yesterday's uh, episode and got it. Got it. Awesome. Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. I've, I've been to a few uh, baseball card shows there when I was a kid. I think I saw Ozzie Smith there in Springfield, Missouri, nice. way back in the day. Not Mozzie, but Ozzie, the, the the wizard. Yeah. Yeah. The wizard, yeah. Right. yeah. He's a good guy. I've met, I've met him before. But anyway... So I had a couple uh, couple questions. Um, one's a two-parter. So I've always been curious, like, 
it's about Tyron Smith. One, do you think he's going to play Sunday? Um, and then two, it's about his contract. So I've always been curious about these incentive-based contracts. I know he took a pay cut, and it's, his contract this year is basically based off, like, games played. Right. So um, is that – are those incentives, like, already on the books? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are they – like, just the cap basically like, hey – yeah. That he's playing 17 games, so will we get like cap relief for the two games that he's missed already? And do you think that kind of like uh, strategically plays into like them holding him out last week? Like, hey, there's there's another million, you know? Like, or, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I know that. No, that, no, that, you're right. I mean, there that's what makes this thing so weird because yeah. I, I was told he was like, I can play. And they're like, I don't know right. if you can. Well, when there's a million dollars on the line, I mean, yeah. I, I, can't you see where the – I mean, there's only so many Sean Lees in the world that are like – like Sean Lee said he had a, he had a chance to make $2 million last game of the season a few years ago, was not healthy, could have played, but said, no, I'm not good enough, and, and left $2 million on the table. Not many guys, if any, are going to do that. And so um, Tyron made a million dollars, I think, just being in uniform for Arizona. So it is a trick. Okay, well, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay, because he was like, the, the camera went to him like, he was like mean mugging the camera. And I'm thinking in my head, like, did the Cowboys just gain a million on their cap right there? Or first I, guess of all, the, I guess it's inactive base. First of all, Tyron Smith probably was mean mugging when his firstborn was born. I mean, Tyron Smith, that he, he yeah. could be in a good mood. I mean, that's that's his look. I mean, they, yeah, that that's what I he, gotcha. no, but. No, I think Tyron actually. I think that I think it's being active and uh, is what okay. triggers that. Okay. And and to go back to your question, also it's called it, it's called a likely to be earned is is the name. I mean, is the is the phrase for those type of um, incentives, and those are already on the books. You've got to have the money uh, for that. So yeah, yeah, that, the Cowboys will save save some money there on the cap doing that. Of course, everything rolls over. You know, they're they're trying right. to sign. You know, CD, whose money keeps going up every time he makes big plays, and Mike, um, same thing. So, yeah, they, they save money on that, but it's already on the cap for this year because that's called a likely to be earned incentive. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Well, I was always curious how that worked, and uh, and then my other question is: so, um, what is your favorite like Cowboys? Let's say comeback. And oh. I'm 33 years old. I've been a Cowboys fan since. I mean, I can remember, like, five years old. Like, I get a lot of crap. Oh, you're a bandwagoner. That's the last time they won a Super Bowl. And I'm like, dude, I've been a Cowboys fan, like, the worst stretch ever. Right, right. Maybe. No, no. If you're, if, you're, um, if you're that age and you're a Cowboy fan, then you're, a, you're, a, you're doing it. You're a lifer. I mean, for sure. You haven't even experienced it yet. Right. So, my, my two – I'm going to give you two, and then I'll hang up okay. so somebody else can call in. But uh, I, th- I believe it was the – 2000 season rocket Ismail in washington the the flea flicker bomb to end the game like i remember being 10 years old and just going nuts and then uh man i was at the playoff game against the lions when when romo yeah. uh, threw that touchdown to Ter- terrence williams in the back of the end zone so those are my two favorites and All right. anyway thanks for your time Thank and you. I'm, I'm glad i got to get on the show have yeah. a good day have a good one um man I hate doing this. I hate doing this when people because because when they have a, they have a story. I mean, this is this is their this is their story, you know. And and 
Okay, first of all, the rocket is small. That is my favorite comeback. It's the 99 season. You said 2000. It was 99 because that was the first year that I started working for the Cowboys, and it was uh, down by 21 points in the fourth quarter. So this is my very first game with the Cowboys, week one at Washington. You're down 35 to 14 in the fourth quarter. And the guys that I remember watching as a, as a younger you know kid, younger teenager, here I am, sharing a bus or locker room, hotel, escalator, elevator, all that with these guys. And here comes Michael Irvin, Emmitt Smith, Troy Aikman. They start coming back. They tie the game. Rocket Ismail on a touchdown to win the game. Um, it wasn't a flea flicker because y'all know if it was a flea flicker, then, yeah, I'd be, I would be talking about this even more than, than ever. It wasn't a flea flicker. It was just play action. In overtime, deep ball, Rocket, great. Great comeback. Um my other favorite comeback was probably at Philly in 2005 when Roy Williams picked off a pass uh, right in front of the Cowboys bench, right in front of Bill Parcells, returned it for a touchdown, stunned the Eagles 21-20. to Huge game, huge win. A lot of great back uh, behind-the-scenes stories of that, which I have mentioned before, but we're not going to go through it again. But those are my two favorite comebacks there. All right, I got a text question here uh, from Carl in Nashville. Is the Romo... Field goal fumble, the scariest play. I mean, yeah, I guess you, scary wasn't, I mean, it wasn't really the, the term. It was just punched to the gut. I mean, like, you're talking about the playoff game in, in 06 where they have a chance to take the lead. You know, the thing that, that always sort of gets me from being really that frustrated about that play and the, the one with Dez is just because... There was time on the clock, and the, and the other team would need a field goal to probably win it or tie it, depending on what the Cowboys did on a two-point conversion in Green Bay. But, but I mean, it wasn't a, a sense that they were going to go win I mean, at, at all. But you would like to have seen what happens. You know, I, I put those three plays in that. I just want to see it. I want to see the Cowboys take the lead in Seattle. I want to see the Cowboys get that catch with with Dez in Green Bay and what happens. And I want to see P.I. called on Dion in the 94 championship game. Cowboys can go score. They got five minutes to go. They're down by three. I want to see what happens there. Because if they win that game, they're going to beat San Diego in, uh, in the in Super Bowl and win three straight. And now we're talking about a complete different situation there. So, anyways, those are the things that I, I, I call that as, as scary. Um, all right. Let's... Uh, Let's go to Joe in New York. Is uh, no, I'm sorry, Bruce. Bruce in Houston is our next call. Bruce in Houston. Hey, Nick. Thanks for taking my call. No problem. Uh, I tried to get on yesterday on Victory Monday, but I couldn't get through. You're just so dadgum <laughs> popular. <laughs> but I appreciate uh, it. You know, no, it's good. You know, we were talking about those trades, and and I've heard some of these mentioned. Obviously, with uh, cousin cousins getting hurt. You know, there's rumor out there that Minnesota may want Cooper Rush or Trey Lance. Boy, if you could get a third pick for him, I'd, I'd probably do that either yeah. or. But I don't know if that's true or not. But as far as the Henry, I mean, I would do it because I've been hearing a lot of people say, I think Henry, even though he's 30, you know, if you'd be nice. And the other uh, potential trade they were talking about is trading Pollard straight up for Henry. I don't know if, if the numbers would work on that or not, but – because Pollard's going to be a good back next year. It always seems to take a year plus possibly two to, to recover from those injuries. But And that's where I was going with this. I think 
I don't think we have a weak offensive line. They're getting older, true. But I think it might be more schemes with Pollard. Uh, he's yeah. not a between-the-tackle guy. Uh, yeah. When he did his best when he was outside, I'd like to see Dallas do more turnaround and pitch, you know, like almost like they do the jet sweeps. They he, they seem to do better with him. Of course, you got a, a second uh, guy there, Dow, that uses his speed. Right, right. You know, if you got a Henry, you could definitely use him if you traded them straight up. But I'll hang up and listen, but uh, talk about those trades if you can, and, and would you do those deals? Yeah. Have a good day, Nick. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. I mean, I can't talk a lot about specific trades of what could happen. I mean, you could talk about what you think the Cowboys might need. Things like that. I'm looking at other trades here. I'm looking at NFL Network on what the Giants just got uh, for Leonard Williams, a second and a fifth. Pretty good defensive tackle. Um, you know, I the, the the Pollard one's interesting. You know, because you're. Uh, I don't think honestly. I, I should know this. I don't know if you can trade Pollard uh, in a franchise tag in the middle of a season like that. I've never seen that happen before. Maybe you can. I just don't know if I've ever seen a guy get traded there like that. But um, I guess you could. Um, but but I, I, th- that doesn't help you. I mean, trading him does, doesn't help you. Um, I think giving him some extra help uh, is something that, that, that you need. I, I just think of this. When, when the 49ers game happened and, and Tony Pollard got hurt in the game, I immediately did not think the Cowboys were going to win. It, it was a close game. They might have been in the lead or it was tied or – I. Uh, I was like, they're not winning. They're not winning this game. And and they didn't. And they had the chances to. I just didn't feel like they had enough playmakers to win it. So if Tony Pollard were to get hurt right now, knock on wood, but I mean, I, I, I still think they're in the same situation where they don't have a lot of depth of running back that, that, that you can count on. So that would be the the one position that I think that, that they would need to to bolster here, and I think you can do it. I think you can do it. You can you can get other teams running backs. I mean, the value isn't always there um, for for running backs. So you can you can go and and, and make a, a move there. So that's what I would do. Um, I, if I'm not saying go get the number one guy that's available, who I'm not even sure is available, but I I, I do think the Cowboys should. Figure out a way, one way or another, because I mean, you can, you, you've got some pieces in place at other positions to withstand injuries. I don't know if I see that at running back. And you can say, why would you jinx the team? And are you superstitious and all that? Hey, that this is part of the business in the NFL is you have to be prepared for the worst. You have to. You have. That's why backup quarterbacks make a lot of money because you you can't you can't be stuck if something were to happen. And so. I, that that is a situation. I just don't know if the Cowboys have a lot of depth there. And so, if you're going to make a serious run here, I think the Cowboys need to, to really look at a backup running back. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be right back here on Cowboys Storyline. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable, and now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Cowboys storylines. All right, welcome back here, Cowboys storyline. Got about 15, 20 more minutes to go on this Halloween edition. I said before the uh, when the show started, I threw out a couple of uh, Cowboy themed names. I was going to play along here. I'm looking for the ultra cheesy ones too. Uh, I mean, if you're going to say Brandon Halloween, I mean you got. You got. I mean, that's that's the level that I'm talking about here. And you guys have come back. I, I got some here on Twitter. Uh, Trayvon Grave Digger, Grave Digger. Okay. Uh, Nick Eatman alive. Okay. What? Fair, I guess. Tony Goldbert, Chauncey Golston, Drew Fearsome, Shante Pumpkin Carver. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Bones. I don't know about that one. Uh, Creepy Lamb. Like I said, you know, you get what you get. Um, Ashante Pumpkin Carver is pretty good. B.W. Spider Web. Okay. All right. Uh, Joe in New York. We got two Joes back to back. We'll start in New York. Joe, what's up? Hey, Nick. How are you, sir? Happy Halloween. Thank you, man. Happy Halloween to you. I love all the work that you do. Uh, we miss you on Cowboy Break, or at least I do, I should say. I don't see you with Broadus and those guys. Yeah. But uh, real quick, for you, and best, 
Yeah, they're, they're rolling. They, they, yeah, they're they're doing. They're still the number one show. They're still number one. And, and oh and, yeah, yeah. And Derek, I just miss your honesty. Yeah, just well, like, I appreciate you know, that. You, I thought your piece was vital, and Thank this you. is why I want. You know, I'm happy with the Cowboys at five and two. I think a lot of uh, people. Uh, it's well, I'll just speak for myself. The loss to the Niners, not the, how, not that they lost, but how they lost, and kind of put a damper on the season for me. Uh, and I'm starting to climb out of it. Huh. Hopefully, you know, we beat the Eagles. But here's my question to you, and I got three quick ones because I know you, you, you know, the inside stuff. Okay. If if Jerry and Steven and the guys had to do it over again, would they have still let Cooper go and then kept Gallup? That's number one because I think Gallup really hasn't. I think when you say about having playmakers, and I know we have CD, he's phenomenal. And I think Cooks is okay. I just think that, you know, if we ever lost CD, you know, you talk about Pollard, I, I would be terrified without having CD in the lineup. That's, right. you know, uh, as far as, you know, being able to get where we want to go to. That's number one. Number two is, uh, you know, we talk about guys with the second year jump. Can you give any insight onto where or what's happened to Sam Williams? I really thought he would take he would be a candidate to be really kind of a dominant player. And the follow up because I don't want to take a boy your time and another one is I think, you know, things that I like to see get better is I think the offensive line has taken a step back. I know, you know, I'm never I'm not criticizing Tyron Smith. He's gonna be a Hall of Famer, he's just not the same player. But is it fair to say, based on the lack of running, is Zach Martin the same player, or is he still an all-pro player, in your opinion? Uh, mm-hmm. Nick, best of luck with the awesome. show. You're the best. Thanks. Uh, I'll, I'll jump off the air to listen Thanks, to your uh, answers. Thanks, Appreciate man. that. I'll go backwards. I'll start backwards. Uh, I think both could be true. I don't think Zach Martin is exactly the same player that he was, but, I, I mean, is he still an all-pro? I Probably. You know, I mean, let's. It's hard to, to unseat these guys when they're there and, and they're still playing at a high level. And their team's playing well. Um, you know, he had a little bit of issues early on with with uh, Aaron Donald and, and those guys up front. I, you know, just just communication wise. But I, I, yeah, I still think Zach Martin is is your best lineman. Uh, I think he's he's your he's in the conversation for best offensive lineman in the history of the team. And I think Larry Allen's going to hold that spot. But I think I think Zach's right there. And so. Um, Sam Williams, you know, he, that's a situation where he's kind of, he's, they knew when they got him, he had some, some growing up to do. Um, he had some issues off the field and, and that they knew that, and this was sort of a risky pick for them because upside was there and it still is for him. Freaky athletic talent. And I can't say it enough of what happened yesterday or Sunday with being the gunner. This is a defensive end. Don't let the 54 fool you. He doesn't play linebacker. He is a defensive end. And he was rushing. I mean, he. I'm sorry. He was running down the field as a gunner. Those are corners and receivers. Now, can he do it every time? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. He did it late in the game there, and, and, and it worked. But um, that's the kind of athletic ability he's got. He's also blocked a punt. And the thing is, he was somewhat blocked. They let him go. But he kind of shot through there. This wasn't just free rush, got there. I mean, he 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 had some some burst to get there. He's got athletic ability. He had he has a penalty problem, though. Okay. He gets a little he gets too many penalties for the amount of you know that he plays. 
He's got some Randy Gregory in him I'm talking about on the field. Um, you know, I guess you could say some off the field issues, but not the same. But, but I mean, just from a freaky athletic talent, he's got that. He's got to just kind of put it all together. He's got good players in front of him, too. I mean, Dorrance Armstrong's been here a lot longer. Um, Sam, I'm, I'm sorry, Fowler's been in the league. Dante Fowler's been in the league almost 10 years now, almost 10. Um, Micah, of course, D-Law. So it's not... It's not easy for him to just get on the field, um, but he but he's got some some freaky ability, and I think the Cowboys are just wanting to keep you know making sure that they get to that. And I, I think if they had to do it again. I think they would make the Amari trade. I, I, I do. They may could get more for it than than just a fifth, but I I, I feel like they thought at the time, and they still think that that that, that was a, a good move uh, for them from a contract situation to get more players. Um, you know, to, to get more players signed, free up some money, and also pave the way a little bit for CD to, to to blossom into the receiver that he's been. From that standpoint, it's been a good move. But every time he makes a play in Cleveland, you look at that and you think, oh, look what they could have together. All right, another Joe. Joe in Stanford, Texas. Joe, what's up? Howdy, Nick. I figured I'd I'd hick it up a little bit since we had such a New York accent with that last one there. <laughs> Well, he probably hey. thinks yours is, is 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 the weird one. You know what I mean? So, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's weird, but I was just no, I was just no. Really it's it's the, foreign. The it's foreign to both. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm actually a little bit more used to to yours, but uh, I, you know what? All these callers we get from the Northeast and and Minnesota and California, and it's awesome. You guys are great. That's what makes an America's team, bro. There you go. There you go. So. Um, Thinking today about the Eagles, uh, to me, that's really what we need to be starting to focus on. You know, this this Cowboys team is weak uh, where the Eagles are strong, and that's what makes this a tough matchup for the Cowboys. Our 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 the middle of our line and just our our run stopping is is weak, and that's what they're good at. And then uh, you know, on the other side, you know, their their defensive line is great, yeah. and our offensive line is just. Not performing like you know we we would like to see it. So those are my concerns for the game. Um, uh, they were talking comebacks. I like that subject. Whenever uh, he brought it up, I knew you were going to choose the '99 uh, Washington game. That that honestly is my all-time favorite comeback as well. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, two Romo comebacks that I really love is the Jesse Holly comeback, which was almost the exact same play. Of the type of play, that little run action play fake, yeah. and then Jesse Holly cuts it up like Rocket. And then the one I really love is the five-interception Buffalo Monday night game mm-hmm. that Tony had that they came back and won, where they kicked a field goal and won it, and they took it away, and then he did it again. Who was that? Nick was that Folk. Nick Folk? Sure was. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Those were two of my favorites. He had a 53-yarder they called timeout right before and uh, he made it. They called timeout, and then they went and kicked it again. And and to to in the locker room said he made the longest field goal of all time, 106 yards. Um, <laughs> you know, the, yeah, that that's a great comeback. That the, yeah. no doubt about it, because Buffalo, their fans were starving for a win. Uh, Monday Night Football hadn't played in Monday Night Football in like 20 something years, and to go and beat them like that just stole. They 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 stole that game from them. Right, I right almost from, turned that game off after we didn't. I think we didn't. Get the two point conversion, right? right. And I was like, "To almost caught it, and then didn't caught it, catch it." And I was like, "Okay, this is over." And I just about turned it off. And I was like, "No, I'll just leave it on." Yeah. And then 
somehow we came back. Onside kick. Onside kick. And without going to YouTube, I would love if somebody knew the answer to the player that got the onside kick uh, that actually recovered it. It was a tight end that recovered the ball. Very, very very forgettable. No, it was it was not. It was it was not. But uh, but that's okay. Nick Folk made the kick. Great comeback. Great great uh, one. Great games there. All right, let's keep it moving here. Thank you for the call, Joe. Um, text line question: Scariest coaching decision. This was from a nine one four number. Scariest coaching decision. How about Barry Switzer going fourth and inches against the Eagles twice, nineteen ninety five. That's right. Lost that game uh, against the Eagles. Didn't lose another one. Rest of the year, but uh, if that matters, um, and it should, you know. But but you know, it's weird about those ninety two, ninety three, and ninety five Super Bowl teams in December or in November, late in the year. They each one of those years had a very very tough, this disheartening loss. Just how could you lose a weird controversial play in ninety two against Washington that they lost? Of course, everyone remembers the Leon Lett game against the Dolphins in the snow in ninety three and then ninety five that going for it twice. All three of those were the last loss of the season for the team. They just flipped it, turned it around. Uh, it's weird how that happens sometimes. It happens in sports. We've seen it with the Texas Rangers. Had some really tough losses that you're like, well, they're not coming back from that. And then they find a way to do that. So it's pretty amazing. All right. Uh, as my computer died in front of me here, I'm looking for the next caller. If there is one, there is. Uh, Sean in Columbia, South Carolina. Nay, how you doing, man? What's up, man? I know I know you would know the answer to the trivia question we asked a few uh, weeks ago. Which college has the most uh, players on the team from on the roster? Um, which college has is representing the most? I bet you would know that. Which college is representing? Yeah. Anyway. Oh man. Well, since I, I, I mean, the way you're throwing it at me, I would assume it's U, USC or it's, South Carolina. It's South Carolina. You know, it's fun. No one, <laughs> no one calls them USC, uh, except for if you're there and probably in South yeah, Carolina. Yeah. I, I get But you're right. What was that? Uh, but, yeah, the South Carolina does have four players still on the roster right now. Stephon Gilmore, Rico Dowdle, Jalen Brooks, and I forgot the other guy. Um, no, Sean Wright. No, Sean Wright. No, yeah, no, 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 Mukwamu, Mukwamu. Mukwamu oh, was his room. Yeah, okay. His room okay. Uh, all right. Okay. Sorry. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Listen, I, I, um, you know, I, this is my first time calling you in some years, actually, and I'm awesome. and I'm really, you know, proud of you getting your own show. Thank you. Because uh, we go that. back to yeah. back in the days of the basement when y'all was doing a lunch <laughs> break at Valley Ranch. <laughs> That's right. That's what it was called. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Derek and yeah. I. Derek and I wasn't on camera. You know, we could say right. what we wanted. We could have our little inside <laughs> jokes. No one knew what was happening. Now it's all on camera with the bright yeah. lights. People got to wear shades. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, hey, I got two questions for you, um, and, and it could be first question. It could be just sportsmanship, but it just seems to me like um, with listening to McCarthy, Jerry, and Stephen, that they're lending a lot of weight to this to this last game where we just totally dismantled the Rams and thinking we don't need to do any kind of, of upgrade over the trade deadline. Because my concern would be that we get to the Eagles and we're like, oh, you know what? Maybe we should have pulled the trigger on this or that. Right. By then, do you, do you do you see that is what they're doing? Is it either showmanship or is it well, that maybe they are giving too much weight to the win? Uh, okay, I'll answer that. Do you have other questions? 
Yes, yeah. And the second question is, I see that um, Minnesota, I don't know if you talked about this already, but Minnesota and the Saints are looking to pull the trigger on a trade to bring Jameis to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to offer Cooper Rush up for that um, trade? Because the reason why is because Minnesota will give a lot because if they feel like they're in contention, they will give up a lot to get a quarterback that's that they feel is worth it because yeah. that's what they did back when they uh, got Bradford from the Eagles. Uh-huh. So, I mean, yeah, I would I would look into that. I mean, you know, if you but see, here's the thing. Thank you, Sean, for the call. I, the thing about it is, is that you know, do the Cowboys feel like that that they're protected themselves? You know, do they feel like they have two capable backups? Because if you don't feel like it's that that, that they're there yet with Trey Lance then I wouldn't do that. Uh, I wouldn't do that. Because Cooper Rush has proven he can go win you games. He can go win some games. If something were to happen to Dak short-term, two, three, four weeks, Cooper Rush has shown that he can go win you some games. The defense has proven uh, over time that they can go and win games for you as well. So with the combination of both, you can win. Um, if you feel like you have two backups, if you if you don't feel like it, you're there yet and you're still – you know, getting Trey Lance where he needs to be, then, then you know, I probably wouldn't go that that route. I wouldn't at all. Now, you know, money talks or or compensation talks in this case, and you know, you never know what that what another team's looking for. But if if uh, you know the right deal comes along, I mean, I think you would always look. But I I, I think I think that J- I think Jalen, um, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, Jameis Winston. I believe J- Jameis Winston's the the type of guy that would probably, uh, uh, you know, he he would probably have a little bit more interest than than anybody else. All right, um, we got some other trades happening here. It looks like um, uh, from around the league, it looks like Washington has made a trade with the Bears. Um, Montez Montez Sweat going to the Bears. Um, you know, for he's in the last year of his contract, getting a second round pick for him. You know, that's the type of deal. You know, a little surprising that the the Bears are are, are the ones getting him. But but here's the thing: Bears have some picks. You know, they I think I think that they they've they've got some picks for some trades that they've made. And you know, this is the type of player that that the, I you know the Bears don't make this play this trade so they could go win. Okay, they're making this because they feel like this is a player that they can build around for the future, relatively young, and and that's that's the kind of trade that I think you you need to look at. So um, you know, interesting, and and I think things like this are going to happen uh, all day long. So all right, um, I think we're done with questions. Um, for or we don't have anybody else on the line, so we can uh, we can wrap this thing up. It's been a good Halloween addition uh, here on the on Cowboys storyline. I was trying to see if I got anyone else that has come in and thrown another uh, name at me. Uh, no, I didn't. See it. Well, actually, though, someone did give me the answer to the the question of the the, the scary comeback against the uh, Buffalo Bills that came back and won that game, and who recovered the onside kick. It was a tight end by the name of Tony Curtis, number 89, big former basketball player. I think he played at Portland State, maybe. He was a basketball player, and, you know, he looked the part, I mean, for for sure. Played a a couple years with the Cowboys, a developmental guy, never really 
clicked for him, but he got that onside kick uh, in that play. They had to have it. The clock was running out, and then, of course, Nick Folk makes the kick. All right, a lot of stuff happening today. I got the trade deadline going on. It's Halloween. Uh, it's Tuesday. I got the Big Eagle game coming up. So you guys uh, did a nice job bearing with me here. We were figuring this out. Um, had a lot of funny trick-or-treat names and all that kind of good stuff. I'm sure there's some good ones that we've left on the table. So feel free to, to tweet the show there and also follow the show on, on Cowboys or on Twitter X. It's at DC Storyline. Give me a follow there. Trying to ramp up those followers uh, if you can. All right. For Chris Beam, I'm Nick Eatman. We will see you tomorrow on Cowboys Storyline. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?